Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Hannah Martin. Hannah, happy Father's Day. Thank you. I am daddy. (laughs) Hannah will, around the house, occasionally refer to herself as daddy. I, in college, I lived with a few different people, but in this one apartment that I had, I would like walk in the door and I'd go, daddy's home. And it Got a good laugh yeah. every time. <laughs> Didn't they get you t-shirts and stuff that said daddy's home or something like that? No, but my one of my best friends and I call each other daddy and I That's got her a I got her a t-shirt this year. That's what I'm for her birthday. Of. It it says daddy, but it's in like the Barbie print. Gotcha. It's like a pink shirt with like pink lettering that says daddy in the font that you associate with Barbie. Right. So for Anybody out there who needs fashion advice, listen in on Hannah's newest <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'd also like to say right off the bat here, uh, welcome to our listeners from Norway. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> we get saw you downloaded a lot this past Yeah, week. We, we don't get any information other than what countries our listeners come from. Or, we... or welcome to our uh, Norway VPN member. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It could just be people in the U.S. using a Norway VPN. But still, Welcome. So this week we're going to talk about the movie Matchstick Men from uh, 2003. 2003. I was about to say 1993, but it's 2003 and it's pretty 2003. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like very early 2000s in its style. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's just it just is. But the movie essentially portrays Nick Cage as the lead. He is a matchstick man or a con man. So third, fourth, maybe fifth time Nick Cage has played a con man. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah. this time he plays a yeah he plays a criminal quite well yeah but this time he plays a con man with OCD who's trying to reconnect with his daughter and do one last long con with his partner Sam Rockwell who's quite good in this as well yeah so everyone's we'll, great in this movie we'll get into the nitty gritty and the plot and the plot holes in the movie later but first we're gonna kind of go over some of the background information so Hannah what is this movie rated and ranked on Rotten Tomatoes. That kind of thing. And IMDb. So IMDb, it's a 7.3 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes, it's an 83%. I think those are reasonable scores. I thought so, too. I think that adds up. I'm not upset about that either way. Suitable. Yeah. Great. So the other way we like to kick off this podcast is with Hannah's behind-the-scenes stories. Now, Hannah had her headphones in watching interviews and things about this movie, and I heard her chuckle a few times. So (laughs) hopefully we got a few good stories for you. I do have some, some quality quality stuff here today well in my opinion you, you guys will be the judge of that <laughs> so i always look up the budget of the movie as well um especially it's interesting to me for the movies that aren't like huge action movies yeah. to see how much it costs to make movies like this um and this isn't a big action movie there's one scene that is like a car chase kind of yeah yeah kind of so the budget for the movie was sixty two million and That's it made sixty five point six million. Oh, so they, so like, they like broke even. Oof. Yeah, but again, I've, as I've been saying over the past few Can weeks. You saved to double it. Yeah, usually you have to double, sometimes triple it, depending on the marketing push. So they probably lost money. Yeah. And a lot of times when people report budgets for movies, they're not always accurate. So oh, it's hard to say. So this is the first time that Nick Cage has had a movie. Uh, maybe not the first time. 
but the in more recent years for 2003 where it's the only movie that he made that year where he only yeah. made one movie that year yeah so yeah, i found out point. that nick cage actually has a production company called saturn films Whoa. that we haven't talked about yet we have not um the first movie that he that saturn films produced was in 2000 it was called shadow of the vampire of course it's about vampires <laughs> of fucking course it's about vampires not surprising at all. no not at all the second one was Sunny because oh, right. he, he directed it. Yeah. He also produced it. Right. Couldn't get anyone else to pay for that movie. And then the third one that he produced was in 2003. So he was in a movie in 2003, Matchstick Men, and then he produced a movie that he was not in in 2003. And it was called The Life of David Gale. And it stars okay. Kevin Spacey, Kate Winslet, and Laura Linney. Okay. I did no research on it. <laughs> That's all I We're know moving about on. It. He's not in it. <laughs> Go listen to a now Oof. defunct Kevin Spacey Kevin podca- yeah. podcast. Maybe there's like a Kate Winslet podcast out there. Laura Linney podcast. You can. I would listen to a Laura Linney podcast. You just commiserate on how much you hate her character on Ozark. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Like she plays it so well, but God, I, I love to hate her character on Ozark. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Keep going. <laughs> You're okay. Um, this movie was directed by Ridley Scott. It's the first Ridley Scott movie that Nick Cage has been in. Mm. And in his interview, he mentioned that, you know, he has always really admired him. So it was a it was a joy for him to work with him. Ridley Scott, the director known for movies like. <laughs> and shrugs her shoulders. I'm pretty sure he directed Alien. Let me check. I thought about looking it up, but I didn't think it was. Um, important because this isn't a Ridley Scott podcast. This is a Nicolas Cage podcast. Yeah, but he's a good director. The Martian, Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise, Gladiator. That enough for you? <laughs> yes. All right. So that guy directed this movie, and it is based off of a novel. Um, only hmm. came out the year prior, two thousand two, by Eric Garcia. That's like the second time recently that that's happened where there was a book that came out. I forget what other recently. movie it was. What did we watch right before Sunny? Wind Talkers. Maybe it was that? Mm, it may have been Bringing Out the Dead. Oh, uh, you know what? I think it was. It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, not a ton about the movie itself. I found more about Nick um, and then some things happening in his life in 2003 as well. Nice. But the one thing I will say is the woman who plays his daughter, Allison Lohman, mm-hmm. she plays a 14-year-old, but she is 24 when she's 23 or 24 when she's filming this movie, and we were shocked. She's a very convincing teen. Yeah. Like, uh, I thought maybe like 18 that's at, what the, I at the most, but mm-hmm. definitely not like in her early, 20s. mid-20s. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Okay, let's get to the let's get to the juicy bits. Oh man, there's a there's a big sigh and a smile before before that. I'm excited. So Roger Ebert loved this movie. He is a film critic that we mention every now and then just because he's very respected, I think, in the industry. So I'll often look up what he says about these movies because we don't know shit about movies. So <laughs> well, also we said last week, adaptation was one of his favorite movies of all time. He also loved this movie. He gave it a four out of four. That's pretty good. That's high praise. Yep. Um, he recommended Nick Cage for an Oscar that year. Oh, wow. And the person who won the Oscar that year was Sean Penn, Nick yeah. Cage's old buddy. His old buddy. 
uh, for the movie Mystic River. And in Sean Penn's acceptance speech, he shouted out Nick Cage and said that he deserved the Oscar. For Matchstick? He wasn't even nominated. No. What? He he, he shouted out a few other people, but uh, he, he still like named him, which I wow. thought was really interesting. It is interesting. And um, Sean Penn has, I think I've talked about it in previous podcasts, but he's always sung Nick's praises. Yeah. Yeah, they're buddies. They are buddies. Back from Racing with the Moon and... All the way back to... To uh, Fast Times Fast Times, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, in that uh, Roger Ebert um, review... He says this about Nick Cage. He says he has a kind of raging zeal that possesses his characters in what any other actor would be overacting. <laughs> With Nick, it's a kind of fearsome intensity. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> okay, Roger. You clearly haven't seen some of the movies we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, has kind Ro- of he's blinded by adaptation and matchstick men. Yeah, has Roger Ebert ever seen Deadfall? Mm. Probably, Probably not. not. He did in the uh, in the review. He did say like he fell short in movies like um, Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's nothing in that movie. He's just a dude in that movie. It's funny. I think of his character in Gone in sixty seconds very similarly to how I think of his character in National Treasure. Just some guy who like <laughs> happens to be good at everything for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for National Treasure. Back yeah. to this. We'll talk That's about it at week. the end of the podcast, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, okay. So I watched an interview with Nick Cage. Um, want to begin by sharing with the inter- how the interviewer started the interview, which felt really uncomfortable to me. She goes, okay, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> it's like, the you're movie. with Nicolas Cage. You really want to open the door for that? Oh god! Like yeah, he could, true. he could share anything. That's kind of what I would ask. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Yeah. And he goes, uh, "Matchstick Men." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. So she asked him about his character. We mentioned earlier that he plays essentially monk. He has just like <laughs> OCD. Um, so she asked if he studied anybody i she probably read about nick cage how he often will study people in advance of movies he learned the navajo language and his character didn't speak a lick of navajo he you know he does his research yeah so he said that he has a few friends with um some severe forms of ocd so he learned from them and then he did it for the character but he also mentioned that he never really wanted to exploit or make fun of people with that ailment i don't know what you would consider that yeah it's fine um but wanted to spread awareness instead which i thought was really nice yeah that's good he said that he had a lot of fun filming with allison loman who plays his daughter and sam rockwell who plays his partner Mm -hmm. but apparently allison loman did not have the best time filming with nick oh god and that is because nick insisted on doing all of his own driving stunts and a lot of these stunts were kept out of the movie but apparently he risked her life many times doing donuts in a parking lot. <laughs> well, I mean, he speaking to, I guess, his credit, again, we probably have Stockholm Syndrome, but he did learn a lot of driving stunts yeah, from he's, Gone he's, in 60 Seconds. Yeah, he's gone to race car school, but <laughs> it had been years since he'd done that. I guess. I mean, is it like something that you just forget how to do? Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I get that I... <laughs> she's i don't know like i 
<laughs> I get where she's coming from. <laughs> I get it. You know. You know, she's just an actor. She's not a stunt person. So she doesn't want to be in the car with a stunt person. Well, and she doesn't have to be in the car. <laughs> well, he like... I guess if if he if he like he was in it, so yeah. she had to too. Yeah, like he locks her in and is like, "Oh, let's do a few donuts that real wouldn't, quick." That would not shock me if he did that. Definitely. But other than that, I think they got along really well. He said he had a lot of fun on set. Okay. Um, last thing to share, please. So we haven't gotten to the point in Nick's life yet where he's really financially struggling, but between two thousand two and two thousand four. He fucks up for the first time. Oh, God. What's, what's he do? What's the first well, thing? the IRS oh, comes no. after him for $350,000 of unpaid taxes. <sighs> and this just begins the downhill trajectory of Nick Cage's financial situation. This is like literally a snowball downhill, yes. rolling down the hill, yep. like trajectory. I think come 2007 is when shit really spirals out of control. It's... But he was showing some signs of that. Yeah. In a in oh three oh oh four. Yeah. So if anybody's curious and you're listening to this episode, that's why Nicolas Cage is in so much crap because he now. accepts everything yeah. nowadays and for the past few years because he needs the paycheck yep. to pay back the IRS and his ex wives and dinosaur yeah, skulls and cobras and <laughs> mix all the mausoleums that he's purchased for himself. Yeah. Yeah. This dude. All right, so we're getting into it. So I we're getting it. into it. So that's what I'll leave you with, and we can get into the movie. Wonderful. All right, so now we're going to move into the movie Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. This movie, it moves pretty quickly. So I'm going to try. I always say I'm trying to move quickly, but I almost never do. So the movie opens up similarly to last week's movie adaptation, where we just hear a voiceover of Nicolas Cage, but this time he's just counting to three. It's just one, two, three. <laughs> And apparently that becomes a pretty big point throughout the course of the movie. The first time we see him is in his apartment, and immediately Hannah starts with, do you remember the first thing out of your mouth when we put this movie on? No. You said, he looks old. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a scene later in the movie where he kind of hangs his head in sorrow, and you can see straight through his hair to his scalp. And it's funny because in the last movie we saw Adaptation, he's wearing a wig, to look more bald than he is and it's like what happened is it because he had the wig on and his hair was you know when don't you say that when you wear a hat for a few days in a row sometimes you feel like your hair thinned out a little bit yeah i definitely feel that so maybe that was it it. i don't know i doubt it his we've noticed his receding hairline for several movies now we've noticed his receding hairline since he was in his 20s yeah probably like 22 So anyway, we're in Nick Cage's apartment. He's looking old, and we. This is where, of course, we realize that he has OCD. He's a perfectionist. He's a neat freak. He's agoraphobic. Agoraphobic. He he's got a, a tick. He like kind of winks his eye. He winces a little bit, and he's got like nods and his and kind of awkward arm movements. So he then drives over to work, where he meets up with his colleague Sam Rockwell. And at this point, we still don't really know what he does. And also at this point, Hannah and I did not know what a matchstick man was. No, he smokes a lot of cigarettes. So <laughs> we did think that we were like, oh, is a matchstick man because they smoke because cigarettes? Because they just smoke so many cigarettes. And they were dumb. And they do. I don't think they ever use a lighter in the movie. I think they, they only use, use matches, matchsticks. which is lame. <laughs> <laughs> but so here we see Sam Rockwell and Nick Cage performing their first con. And the con is 
Sam Rockwell is doing telemarketing. He's calling old people and saying, hey, buy this Brita filter for $300 and we'll throw in a prize that's either a trip to Rome or a new car or a new diamond bracelet. And because you paid the $300, that's what you pay taxes on. You don't pay taxes on the the thousands on Mm -hmm. the trip. And these old ladies go, oh my God, that's incredible. Yay. And they say, okay, great. We'll send someone over to pick up the check. And so the next scene is Nick Cage and Sam Rockwell. They drive to the old lady's house and we're thinking okay they're gonna go pick up the check but instead they pull out fbi badges and they're like hey we're fbi have we're you... investigating yeah we're we're investigating con. <laughs> these con artists and they're sitting down at the table with this old lady and the husband who's just like i can't believe you fell for this crap because we also find out that she did end up paying them and they say they're talking and they're talking and they're talking and hannah's just like she doesn't recognize nicholas cage yeah Hey, these hey, voices. Like, yeah. They're very distinct Please. voices. I mean, I guess it's 2003 telephones. And she's an old lady. And she's old, but still. So you know, She's dumb enough to fall for this con. She's probably yeah. dumb enough to not recognize the voice. So we kind of realize how agoraphobic Nick Cage is in this scene because the old woman opens up the door to let the dog out. And it's kind of framed really weird and it gets really trippy. And Nick Cage is freaking out, his eyes wincing and... and there is kind of a little bit of a tirade that he goes on in the scene. And it's something like, well, a lot of these whack jobs. So he does have a little scream about whack jobs. And I think it's because he's got like, he's freaking out because the door was open. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing I did fail to mention is that whenever Nick Cage opens or closes a door, he has to do it three times. So that's that that's was why the he counting. counts to three. Yeah, everything has to be in three. He was three. counting to three in different languages too. Yeah, at I the think beginning, that... but that never didn't really kept up throughout the movie. Yeah. There's no continuity of that. No, not really. Also, in this scene and in several other scenes, Nick Cage, whenever he kind of has gets overwhelmed by his OCD, he barks a little. <laughs> they left the door open. It was bitching. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you were it, like it staring off, second. like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, because I knew that he went, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, he does do that uh, later. Ah, ah, ah. So they go back to work. Sam Rockwell's like, "What the hell was that? You know what? A great way to to get around this small this small time stuff. You know, this three hundred dollars would be to do one big long con, and Nick Cage won't do it." So then Nick Cage goes to the grocery store and he's again buying shit in threes and he's only buying tuna fish, like tons of tuna fish in threes. And there's this cashier. No, just three cans of tuna. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it wasn't tons of tuna fish in threes. I'm pretty sure it was like six or nine cans. No, he bought something else and then three cans of tuna. Hold on, what was the other thing that he bought? It was weird. It was a weird combination of... of of things that he purchased yeah and it was all in threes and it was disgusting and (laughs) guess who the love interest is in this movie the cashier who regularly sees this man buy nothing but tuna fish and shampoo or something in groups of threes stupid (laughs) we called it we you did yeah you did call it earlier i did not you no (laughs) i'll take credit yeah give yourself some credit jesus So he goes back to his apartment and he also, throughout his apartment, he doesn't have a television, but he has several porcelain statues of dogs. Mm, And one of those giant statues is like dog size, life size. 
and he can open it up and he stores all of his cash and a gun in there. So that kind of comes into play later. But he eats the tuna straight out of the can Ugh. when he gets home. He puts the empty can. Oh, they didn't even put salt and pepper on it. Oh, no, definitely not. That's probably too messy. He puts the empty can in a Ziploc bag and throws that away while he's wearing rubber gloves as he kind of does everything. And while he's cleaning up from dinner, he knocks over his pills that he's been taking that kind of levels him out. So he's freaking out. And Sam Rockwell comes over because he has been to work in a few days. There's a kind of a montage of him, like, because he hasn't been taking his pills. Mm-hmm. So these pills, the house. important to mention, these pills he's been getting illegally because he's yes. afraid or it just doesn't want to go see a therapist or a psychiatrist. Right. So Sam Rockwell comes over and says, hey, you know what? You got to stop this. Let me hook you up with the therapist. So he goes to the therapist and the therapist, he and the therapist talk, and and Nick, he's he's at his ultimate caginess. He's he's doing the her, her voice. He's bobbing his head. He's waving his arms. And he, I mean, he goes in there. You know, obviously his prerogative is to get these meds, and that's kind of all he right. wants. He doesn't want to talk about his life with this psychiatrist. He's just like, just give me the meds. I need the meds. I need meds. Give them to me. Give me my pills. I need my pills. Right. But instead, the therapist says, "Well, I'm not going to give you the pills until we talk about your life a little bit." So it's revealed that Nick Cage had an ex-wife. And when he left his ex-wife, or when his ex-wife left him, she was pregnant. So he could have a 14-year-old out there. So ultimately, through therapy, Nick Cage says, Doc, I I can't do it, but I I need you to call my my ex-wife and see if if I have a kid. So the doc says, okay, here's the pills. I'll call the wife. He calls Nick Cage at home, and he says, guess what? Your ex-wife doesn't want to see you, but your daughter does. You have a 14-year-old daughter. And we're off and running. We're off and running. So Nick Cage meets his daughter, and they have kind of like a meet-cute almost. Like, he musters up the courage to go say hi to her. And, like, they're just kind of awkward and fun together. And they're at a diner, and they're talking. She's like, I know you're a criminal, but you're still my dad. I want to get to know you. And they do have... He drives her home, and they say goodbye. And they have like this kind of awkward little like kiss on the cheek goodbye. Like, oh, they're so fun together. So now that Nick Cage has somebody in his life, he goes back to Sam Rockwell and says, all right, let's do it. Let's do the long con. I've got new pills. I've got a new perspective on life. Let's do this big long con. How much do you think we can get out of this guy? And Sam Rockwell's like, we can get like 80 grand out of this guy. Easy. So, all right. I'll probably just explain what the long con is. That's That seems about I right. I think that's because... Like I said, this movie moves really quickly, and I don't want to be like, so he's at his house, then he's at work, then he's at the bank, blah, blah, blah. So the long con is that they're going to get this really rich guy who they've already targeted as some asshole. Some guy that... Sam- some asshole. Some asshole. That's his last, <laughs> ta- his last name. His name is... Joe Some Asshole. His name is Mark Some Asshole. <laughs> so the Mark, <laughs> literally, and what we call his name. I don't oh. think his name was Mark, but... So what they're going to do is they're going to lure him in and pretend to be these big rich guys who have a whole bunch of like British pounds. It's British pounds, yeah. yeah. So the so the the mm-hmm. so I understand yeah. I understand that Nick Cage is pretending to be a banker and he's mm. trading different currencies and he is saying that I can get you the British pound which has a higher exchange rate than the dollar. Um, for the same price as the dollar because of I can just kind of 
write it off the books. Yeah, because he said he's something along the lines of he was skimming it off yeah. the top. So what they want yeah. the mark to think is that they're getting these British pounds for free. So you give us the U.S. cash and we'll give you the British pounds. And you if, can go deposit that in the Cayman Islands. Have you ever seen uh, Office Space? Yeah, it's like money laundering, sort of. Yeah. yeah. It feels yeah. a little like that. Yeah, where they try to like skim 0.01% mm-hmm. or something, you know, the pennies that round down in right. office space. Yeah. And I'm then, feeling that that's kind of what he was trying to make this guy believe. So that's the plan, right? But what they're really going to do is set this guy up so that he's going to give them 80 grand, is what they figured. And at the last minute, they're going to switch out their briefcases so that he takes an empty briefcase with him to the Cayman Islands, even though he thinks it's full of 80,000 grand worth of British pounds. And he doesn't know either either of their real names. Right. So. Right. So. And they also mention that they don't like to con near their house. Yes. It's pretty distanced. Right. So just as Nick Cage is about to go embark on this quest for con doing this long con on this old asshole some asshole as we like to call him mark some asshole mark some asshole he gets a, a knock at the door and a ring of the doorbell and who shows up but his 14 year old long lost daughter who says i i got in a fight with mom can i crash here for a few days and he's like ah freaking out and of course the daughter's messy and he's crazy clean yeah. and and sam rockwell's character is actually really messy too mm-hmm. Um, we'll get into later. Fun juxtaposition between yeah, these characters. Yeah, it is. It is a fun juxtaposition, but it doesn't make a ton of sense, as we'll describe later. But <laughs> So he's back in the apartment. The kid made a mess, and he's trying to clean up. And then the next morning, he made her a nice big breakfast, but all she wants to do is eat ice cream and drink coffee like an average 14-year-old, I guess. And so she's like, oh, hey, you know, I talked to my mom, and I, you know... I don't, I don't want to go back over there, so I think I'm going to stay until Monday. And this is the first time we hear him do that. Ah. 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 He's just unprepared, doesn't know what to say. Yeah, so there's kind of a, a little bit of a montage with, with him and the, the daughter. They're getting to know each other. They're learning to cook something more than just canned tuna fish and eggs. <laughs> ice cream <laughs> and ice cream is uh, they have spaghetti and pizza and all that stupid shit the kind of usual shit so there the is house is progressively getting less tidy and he's also kind of losing his tics like mm-hmm. he's not doing the winks and the, and right. the arm well he has a new stuff. medication right yeah so at some point sam rockwell comes over to the house and and he's like hey i want to introduce you to my daughter and she's not there so she comes back in and she's like what i was just out at the arcade or something and he goes on kind of a another long sort of yelling screaming tirade at her it's like the first time he's acting paternal in his life yeah definitely he doesn't really know what to say to her yeah he knows that she should be in trouble uh uh that is wrong what you did and uh, you're a nosy parker and, and 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 that's no way for a young lady to behave and uh, shame on you! And then he, when he yells, he shame on you. He with his fingers. Yeah, he does like the, the where you swipe one finger over the other yeah, finger. The, the yeah. finger tisk. Is that, a, is that just what that's I called? I think, yeah. Okay. I think everyone knows what we're talking about. I don't know if our listeners in Norway know what finger tisk tisk means. <laughs> I think it's definitely just a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse no to believe that. I don't think you're, a, I don't think you're real. <laughs> right into us. We're on Instagram. At I know I know the Nick Cage bird sings. And yes, I know we spelled Nick Cage wrong. Anyhow. <laughs> so 
after they have this kind of yelling match, Nick Cage apologizes and he sits his daughter down and he tells her everything. And now the daughter's like, actually, I think that's pretty cool. Let's do a con together. So now they do a con together. And this con is they go, they get a lottery ticket and play yesterday's winning numbers, but they scratch off the date. So the daughter goes to the laundromat and kind of reels in this old woman who says, oh my God, we actually have a winning ticket here. But Nick Cage in this scene, he just kind of plays a a passerby who's like, oh, you guys can win with with that ticket, even though it's still kind of faded. He's wearing a beautiful straw fedora and just crazy, like... Like thick-framed glasses. Thick-framed glasses. He looks beautiful in this scene. Oh, God, here we go again. (laughs) So... The con is, hey, we won $600 because we got four out of the five numbers. And the the girl's like, ah, well, you know what? I have to go home, you know, even though we should split it. Like, I, I just, I can't stay with you. I can't go to the lottery office. Yeah. So she's like, why don't I give you 300 bucks now? And then yeah, we'll be I'll just even. take it out of the ATM. Done. Done. So easy. So now Nick Cage and Sam Rockwell are setting into motion the long con, right? So they're going to get the guy. Okay, we have to what? comment and say that she gave it back to her. Yeah, so he's like, well, I'll teach you how to con, but I won't let you keep the money. Yeah. And they don't show it, though, so they don't show know, her like, giving the money back. I think that's important to note that like he has some moral compass. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there is a line that the daughter says, like, I don't think that you're all a bad guy. I don't think you're a bad guy. I just don't think you're a very good one or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, because they get in some argument at some point. But so the long con. They're gonna. They're figuring out. Okay, we're gonna make the switch at the at the airport because he's gonna get right on a plane and the take his money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The switch for the for the empty briefcase with the money or the briefcase full of cash. Mm-hmm. So they're at the the airport, and then again more montages of him just kind of like being happy with his daughter. There's a kind of a cute scene where he's sitting in his kitchen and he's re-listening to her voicemail over and over just to hear her voice, which yeah. is quite nice. It is sweet. Mm-hmm. So he's bowling with his daughter when he gets a frantic call from Sam Rockwell who says, I know we said that we were going to do this on Friday, but you know what? The guy's leaving today. You got to come to the airport now. And he's like, well, I have my daughter with me. I have my daughter with me. I wasn't prepared to do this today. We were going to use some homeless guy as a diversion. What are we going to use as a diversion now? So he has to use his daughter essentially. So they get to to the airport and... They're about to make the switch and the daughter's the diversion and she, you know, makes a big stink at the bar saying like, I'm 21, fuck you, even though the actress is 23 and she's playing a 14 year old and she's smashing shit. So the guy turns around and they make the switch. Nick Cage and the daughter get in the car and they're like, hey, we did everything great. And the guy, Mark, some asshole, (laughs) comes out of nowhere. This is the kind of the car chase that Hannah was talking about. Through the parking garage. Yeah. So he is like drifting through the parking garage. Mm Mm-hmm driving away from an overweight dude (laughs) who's just crazy sweaty so they escape and they meet up with sam rockwell and you know it's it's pretty brutal actually the the chase scene because the guy you know leans in and he grabs the daughter by the hair and and so he sees you know who who took his money he knows that they're all in on it together yep so they go to some parking lot him and sam rockwell and they're like, look, Nick and Sam Rockwell. Nick and Sam Rockwell. They yes, thank you. Mark yeah. some asshole. Yes. So <laughs> Nick's like, look, we're clean. Everything's clean. Nothing's on the books. It's all cash. Everything's fine. And Sam Rockwell says, well, what about your daughter? We don't. Re- we don't even really know her. 
and they find out that the daughter's been arrested before, so she's got her fingerprints and her face, everything's on her file shot, yeah. at the at the police report. So if this guy goes and, to the cops, and what she did was she went and bought Nick a um a souvenir from from the airport <laughs> yeah so that's revealed next she's like you know he's yelling at her they're upset and he's driving her home and she you know kind of as a last minute thing she was like here i bought this for you and it was a little porcelain dog like ashtray <laughs> because he smokes a million cigarettes in this movie he's a matchstick man <laughs> yes so when he is yelling at her about the about being arrested and about you know what did you do he he does have a few yells which if i can find them i'll put them in here what did you do what did you do i told you i, told you, I, told you. I said walk him to the plane did you did you walk him to the plane my daughter was there today then he'd have to explain what he's doing with a briefcase with eighty thousand dollars cash in it and a ticket to the caymans okay there is a pretty great scream when he sees the porcelain dog he says what's that huh what's that <laughs> so we thought that was going to be the best scream in the movie but boy were we wrong oh. so he's upset right nick cage is upset that you know he had to kind of let his daughter go because he's worried that she's going to get arrested that they're going to get found out mm-hmm. that this guy's going to come after them mm-hmm. his apartment's all messy he runs out of pills again and he's barking around his apartment <laughs> he's able to to find one pill in the garbage to help get him through so he has to take it to the pharmacy or or maybe it's just the wrapper he takes it yeah. to the pharmacy well, he calls his shrink who's not around yeah yeah so i'm sorry that shrink's not here takes it to the pharmacy and he butts in front of a long line at the pharmacy and some guy does the whole hey man haven't you ever heard of a line yeah and he responds with ever heard of a line hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you pissed blood <laughs> We haven't heard a good scream like that in a few movies. It was really great. It was super cagey. Oh my God, yeah. And like, it didn't come out of nowhere, nowhere because he is OCD, he's on the edge, Mm -hmm. but it was great. Fantastic. (laughs) Have you ever- And then he says- Bullshit, man! Prefects! Prefects! (laughs) (laughs) That like Jamaican flair bullshit man <laughs> wonderful so the pharmacist i tried to look up to see if that was his doing but mm, yeah so I couldn't find out through all this mayhem and incredible screaming the pharmacist tells him hey these aren't real pills these are supplements these are supplements these are what were they like menopause drugs yeah. or something mm-hmm. they were they were over the counter yep so he goes back to his to his uh, doctor to his therapist and the doctor has a great line because this whole time Nick Cage is pretending to be in antiques. And so the, oh, right. the therapist has been That's put... like because he's obviously doing something illegal. So whenever right. someone asks what he does for a living, he says, oh, I sell antiques. Right. So the therapist is like, look, I honestly don't think you needed real pills. So that's why I gave you those supplements. And he's like, I think what we really need to do is talk about the fact you're a criminal. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm not a criminal. I'm in antiques. And he's got his legs up on an ottoman, and he's a like, footstool, yeah. or a footstool. He's like, that's an 18th century footstool. footstool. <laughs> he's like, I've had computer scientists tell me how valuable that thing is. <laughs> and Nick's like, ah, oh, geez. And how and I were like, ah, oh, it's pretty smart. That was really smart. Yeah. So another thing that I found out from doing some research, the pills that he was getting at the beginning when he was getting them illegally were mm-hmm. Benadryl. Uh, were they? supposed to be benadryl Mm -hmm. Uh but he didn't know that right he thought that they were 
whatever. <laughs> whatever OCD pill. Right. Like this is a flamadamidol or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. But you're bad at making up pharmaceutical names. <laughs> I'm not in the industry. <laughs> So he, he wants to go clean and, and he wants custody of his daughter and he goes back to his apartment with Sam Rockwell and he gives back the money from the big con and he says, you know what, no, I'm going clean and, you know, it's a pleasure doing business with you kind of thing. And he has a quick little cute scene of, of him in a Mexican restaurant with his daughter and honestly, I thought maybe the credits would roll there, but no, there it's, shit hits the, the fan real quick come. because he goes back home with his daughter and who's sitting on the couch but Sam Rockwell, all bloodied. With a gun to his with head. With a gun to his head pointed by Mark some asshole. <laughs> and so Mark some asshole, he, he lays everything out. He's like, yeah, you know what? I didn't see any cameras in the, in the, in the uh, airport lounge, but I did see cameras in the gift shop where your daughter got this little dog. And he's like, and you don't get to my position of power without knowing some friends on the force. And so... He's like, I want all my money back and blah, blah, blah. And Nick Cage says something along the lines of like, go get everything from the dog. Remember that porcelain dog that's got a gun? And he doesn't say all that. But so the daughter comes out with the gun and shoots Mark some asshole in the stomach. stomach. And he goes down and everybody thinks he's dead. And they're like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, we got to figure this shit out. And so. So Nick's like, take my daughter to Sam Rockwell. He's like, drive to this motel. I'll come meet you there. If shit hits the fan and I can't come meet you there, you both drive down to Mexico. Right. Like leave the country, essentially. Yeah. Like protect her. So he turns back and goes inside and he's trying to figure out what to do with the body, but the body's gone and Mark's an asshole comes out of nowhere and whacks him over the head, gives him a nice big concussion. Nick Cage wakes up in the hospital with detectives there and they're questioning him. They're talking to him. And he's like, I I won't talk to anybody. I'll I'll only talk to my therapist. So go get my therapist. I need him. So they bring the therapist in after a few minutes. And he's like, look, you need to do me a favor, Doc. It's not for me. It's for my daughter. And I, I want you to still cooperate with the police. But before you do, just go tell my daughter the passcode to my bank account. My safety deposit My box. safety deposit box. It's got tons of cash in there. Just give it to my daughter, please. This is where, she's, where, this is where she is. And here's this complicated passcode for my safety deposit box. And then... Just nothing happens. Nick Cage kind of wakes up in a daze and he's knocking on the door. He, he like gets up out of bed. He, he thought he was really out of whack. He had that crazy concussion. He's not. He's like, detectives, it's crazy hot in here. Can I get some water? Can I get the air conditioning on? And we thought he we thought he was dead. I was like, oh, he's dead. And like, because he opens the door and we see like a shimmer a light. of light. Yeah. And he's just like on the roof of some building or, or not in a actually parking in the garage. Hospital not an actual hospital he's in like a, a trailer kind of thing on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the flatbed of like a truck a, like a makeshift yeah room yeah like in captain america right yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and he's in his hospital gown you see a nice shot of nick cage's butt yeah and he's running around and he's bare cheeks yeah he's freaking out he doesn't know what's going on and then we hear a voiceover from sam rockwell and hannah and i are like Oh, Holy shit. shit. This was a long, long con. con. Sam Rockbelt, Rockwell's been working Nick Cage for a long time. So much to the point that Nick Cage goes to his therapist's office and it's not there anymore. So he hired the therapist to give him the fake drugs to tell him what he wanted to tell him. Which means that the therapist who knows his 
bank account password for his safety deposit box. Can take all the money. Take, you know, the three of them. (laughs) And then Nick Cage decides, I have to find out what happened to my daughter. So I'll go to my ex-wife's house. He goes to his ex-wife's place. And she's like, Nick Cage, what the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, what happened to Abigail or whatever her name is? Mm -hmm. And she's like, Angela. Angela, that's way different. (laughs) (laughs) And and she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who's 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 Angela? Angela. And (laughs) he's like, our daughter. She's like, I had a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage when when we split up 14 years ago. So Sam Rockwell cast the daughter as well as the therapist. Steve and I are like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That was a really, really long con. And of course, you know, Nick Cage, he goes to his apartment and the bank and everything's kind of cleaned out. He does have a... So the original in the book. Oh, yeah. The con ends. Actually, I'm not really sure how they did it differently but i do know that in the movie originally they weren't going to clear him out of all of his money mm. okay they did he he did say like that was like the final con that right. they were going to do okay he did have a line along the lines of like we didn't clear you out entirely and then they just showed like a single hundred dollar bill in his safety <laughs> deposit box or something it was a stack of hundred was it a stack i thought mm-hmm. it was just one okay yeah, it was probably like 10 grand okay well, that's pretty good, actually. But they stole it's like all well money. over a million. I'm pretty sure he didn't keep any in the bank. I'm pretty sure he kept it all in cash in a safety, in a safety deposit box. Definitely. So then it jump cuts to one year later. You see on the screen, it says one year later. And Nick Cage is working in a carpet store because he's obsessed with cleaning carpets. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And who walks in but some kind of schlubby, hippie-looking guy and his girlfriend who was his daughter, sort of, essentially. Angela, Angela, the the actress. And so they get a nice little moment alone. And Nick Cage starts referencing lines from earlier in the movie. Like, he just remembers all these things that she said over a year ago. And it's just, I can't remember exactly what he said. I don't remember that. But, well, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) So then Nick Cage, and and he's like, you know what, honestly, I'm not that mad at you kind of thing. And they have a nice little goodbye. And Nick Cage goes to the grocery store, and it's not the cashier; it's some other guy. But he looks happy, and he goes home. Turns and he the buys corner. more than just tuna fish. Yes, <laughs> he he goes home. He turns the corner, and who's at his house? But it's the cashier, and she's pregnant. <laughs> and they just cut to credits. Cool ending. Yeah, I like the con ending. I like that I didn't see it coming. Yeah, uh, it, I felt like it could have gone horribly wrong. Yeah, definitely. I don't like that. I don't think it makes sense that Sam Rockwell would be such a messy character because if his mark is this clean OCD person, I don't think he would want to make him more on the edge than he already is by being as messy as he is because he already got him to go to therapy and that was the goal, was to get him to go to therapy. I think that... In general, for the audience, people who are messy are more trustworthy and endearing. Mm, that could be. So it could have been not about Nick Cage, but more about how we see Sam Rockwell's character. Mm-hmm. Because I saw both him and the girl as like, oh, they're so quirky. They're just really messy. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I didn't think of that angle. Yeah. But uh, I also... And then the other thing is with the Benadryl... Mm-hmm. This whole time, Sam Rockwell must have been getting yeah. him his, like, illegal drugs, which was just Benadryl. Right, yeah. 
yeah. So I mean, you know, it little, was, those little pink pills. Yeah, yeah. It was, I recognize him. <laughs> it was probably his. Yeah, it was probably his goal the whole time was to get him onto a drug that he would feel some kind of placebo effect or even Benadryl. Kind of, I've never it taken makes it. Makes you really drowsy. Yeah, it mellows you out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So maybe that you know was his plan all along. I also don't see. I also don't see how or why a cashier who <laughs> I don't know has known this guy for yeah, Lord knows that, how long that part didn't make any sense and has only ever seen him buy tuna fish <laughs> I think it's just so that the audience sees that he's he's grown well not only grown but like wasn't ruined by this long con yeah his I know. life isn't over yeah I know but just think about it realistically for yes, a minute it's a movie <laughs> no <laughs> god damn it all right suspension of disbelief any other closing thoughts have that's the end of the movie no this is enjoyable yeah it was it was overall i really like the relationship between the pseudo daughter and nick cage mm-hmm. would you ever watch it again now that you know the ending Ooh, i don't maybe. think i would really yeah eh. maybe to see like what i missed the mm. one thing that i did notice was after finding out that he never talks to the mom mm. or that when he goes to the mom at the end that's the first time he's talking to her that she makes up excuses every single time when he's like, well, should I talk to your mom? She's like, no, yeah. I'll just do it. Yeah. And I didn't think anything of it. Right. When we were, when I was watching the movie. Yeah. But looking back. Yeah. Yeah. She's really, yeah, she's, she's good. She's a good. Comic. She's good. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe I would look back and see if there's anything the therapist said or maybe Sam Rockwell said. Yeah. I watch it again. Eh. I don't know that I would. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good talk. To each his own. Yeah. How about some Nick Cage awards, shall we? Let's do it. Best supporting actor. I think the daughter. Yeah. Loman, Elizabeth Loman? Allison Loman. Yeah, she was really good. Sam Rockwell was great. Yeah, he was. The So was uh, Mark. Mark some asshole. asshole. He was fine. He, he wasn't great, but he was he was fine. Best dressed. Um probably is, the fedora. Is it the, the fedora and the glasses or is it the hospital gown? Ooh, you do see his butt. Right. <laughs> Hmm. I know. Tough decisions. In Cotton Club. Is that the one where we see his butt? No, Rumblefish. Rumblefish. Do we rate that best dressed? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. Okay, so we already have his butt okay. in <laughs> a ranking, so we okay. don't need that again. Even okay. though this is like his 40-year-old butt. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's not looking great. So you're gonna give it to the fedora and glasses? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It was a silly disguise. Yeah. Worst. He didn't need a disguise because this woman didn't know him. <laughs> he could have just been himself. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times they don't explain it in this movie, but a lot of times con men will be like, "You want to have something that makes you identifiable." Oh yeah. But not so identifiable, like you know. If you, I saw on Lost. I don't know why I hesitated to say it. It was on an episode of Lost. <laughs> don't come at me. I used to watch a lot of Lost. <laughs> but Sawyer's a con man, and he puts a band aid over his nose when he goes to rob a bank or something, so that people only focus are, on the band. They're gonna focus on and the band aid. Exactly. So maybe that was kind of the thing. Oh, it was just some guy in a fedora. I don't know. Anyway, worst Nick Cage scene. I don't know, maybe just one of the random ones when he's at the 
a psychiatrist office. Yeah, there's a lot of like really short scenes that just Honestly, don't really do anything. Honestly, the last scene. Of him with his wife? Yeah. <laughs> or this, yeah. Yeah. Some woman he impregnated after knowing her for like way less than a year. <laughs> and then also like him working at the carpet store. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was that was, was really cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. Best Nick Cage scene. It's got to be the... The well, pharmacy? Well, we're going to give... That's okay if you give it to the pharmacy for the several pharmacy awards. pharmacy scene. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think the pharmacy The pharmacy scene. was a great scene. Best scream. It's the take you outside. <laughs> <The blood>. and, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beaten until you piss, piss blood? Blood. <laughs> blood. All right, that's the best scream in the most nouveau shamanic moment. Could be Mon. <laughs> Immediately <laughs> after that with bullshit Mon. I don't want to call his OCD and tics and tendencies like that nouveau shamanic because it was probably you know, in the script Tony Shalhoub for one. also did that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, one like he's playing He's playing an OCD character pretty yeah. well. So I'm sure I'm sure it's in the script. I mean, yeah, I'm, and I, two, it's in the script probably. He probably had his own like, opportunity to do what he wanted. Yeah. I don't think every little thing was scripted. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's the, the finger tisk tisk, or there's the bullshit mon. Those are kind of my two. I like bullshit mon. Yeah, okay. I don't think that was in the script. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that pronunciation. Yeah. All right, that's the most nouveau shamanics. And now, where are we ranking this one? It was pretty good, so it's going to go towards the top, I think. Maybe in like the low teens. The low teens. All right, so let's go to... What's 13? What's 13, she says. The Rock. Mm, It's not The Rock. What's 14? Gone in 60 seconds. Mm, 15? 8 millimeter. 16? (laughs) (laughs) Honeymoon in Vegas. Above that. Okay, so between 8mm and Honeymoon in Vegas? He's more cagey in 8mm. So uh, I always struggle with this because <laughs> I know that we are we go off of how we feel at the moment, but I also try to think of how cagey he was in the movie, and I would say he was relatively cagey in this. I thought he was cagier in this than 8mm. Yeah. I thought he was pretty straight ahead in 8mm. Do you remember that movie? Not really, apparently. He's like on the phone talking to nobody. <laughs> yeah, he did have really bad phone acting. I do remember that. His costume was a purple with like zebra print. I think you're thinking of Snake Eyes. I am thinking of Snake Eyes. <laughs> Eight millimeter was like a noir drama. Oh, about a snuff film. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm mixing those two up. Oh yeah, he's more cagey in this than he is in that. So should we put it above 8mm and below Gone in 60 Seconds? I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) I think this was better than Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, it was way better than Gone in 60 Seconds. All right, so we put it between The Rock and Gone in 60 Seconds because I think The Rock is too classic. What's above The Rock? Red Rock West. Red Rock Mm -hmm. West was a a pretty good movie. That was good. But yeah, I'm comfortable with it being right below The Rock. Yeah, I think this movie is actually, now that I think about it, on par with Red Rock West. I would say so, too. Yeah, okay. Let's put it there, then. So that puts it in the 14 spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, Han, we're getting there. Next week. All right, let's talk about this real quick. 
national treasure. <sighs> I'm stressed. So here's the original plan. Let's tell our viewers, our listeners. Yeah. What, in a pre-COVID world. In a pre-COVID world, what we wanted to do was we wanted to hit the streets. In, we live in Philadelphia. We live in Philadelphia. I don't Philadelphia. know if anyone knows that. We talk about it almost every week. Right. <laughs> so we live in Philadelphia. We wanted to hit the streets at some of the sites where Nicolas Cage... Shot the movie. Exactly. And we wanted to interview people on the streets about the movie, about their knowledge of the different facts from the movie, right. things like that. Right. And we thought it could be fun. You never know what you're going to get when you interview the public. And we thought this, you know, maybe we'll we'll throw in a, a little commentary ourselves as, as the, you know, back in our recording studio here. But it's COVID and we don't want to get that close to people. And people aren't also, really allowed like to gather. Out. Exactly. We can't go to like Independence Hall. There's nobody there. So our plan before we came up with that plan was rather than explain the plot of National Treasure, which everybody knows the plot of National Treasure, we were going to watch the movie. We'll watch it on silent. And we're going to record ourselves in real time as we watch the movie and I'll edit Reacting it down. To it. And so that you guys will hear kind of our commentary as we react to the movie itself. And Hannah will kind of throw in her, her facts as we go. And we'll talk I'm about just, the movie. I'm not in love with that idea. I wanted to do something more creative. I just... It's coronavirus it feels, world. I know. It sucks because <laughs> I feel like it's such a... Sorry. I'm like so emotional about this. But it's such a... <laughs> It's such a missed opportunity. We live in this city where this movie was filmed. I know. So another thing, too, we might also take off next week so that we can release the National Treasure episode on the weekend That's of July true. 4th. We can think about it next so week. So we can think about it for a week. We might come up with something better. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put, actually, on Instagram, you know, that, like, question thing. We can ask for advice on what, what we should do. Yeah. See what our listeners want to want to hear. We've got some inter- interesting followers on Instagram. Absolutely. So I don't know there's what they're going to say. There's a community on Instagram there's that a, I was unaware of. There's a real tight-knit Nick Cage community on Instagram. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, stay tuned. Obviously, if you just listen to the podcast, then the next time you'll hear from us is the decision that we make. But if you want some input into that decision for what we do for the next podcast for national treasure, hit us up. Yeah. I know why the Nick caged bird sings and Nick is spelled N I C K. I know it's wrong, but it's It's all one word. Who cares? Yeah. So it's good. I've seen it both ways. Yeah. Ugh. It'll be fine. It's just so frustrating. I know. And the timing worked out so well for it to be July 4th weekend. I know. I wish the only thing so far that we didn't work out well with timing was I wish one of the Christmas movies was around Christmas time. But Okay, I'm fine with not watching the fucking Christmas Carol uh, 2000. It would have gotten us in the spirit. It would have gotten us in the spirit. No, it wouldn't have. No, it wouldn't have. The movie's trash. (laughs) It's the worst movie I've seen maybe ever. That was, Yeah. Just abysmal. Okay. Um. <laughs> Until next time. Until next time. I really hope that we live up to our expectations. We won't, but who cares? <laughs> it's July 4th, and we live in this fucking city. Like, we have to do something cool for this. I would love to, but I don't have any other ideas. God damn it. Also... Who are we doing this for? We're not doing this for... For ourselves, man. I know. 
I want in 20 years to look back and be like, whoa, do you remember what we did for National Treasure? That's so stupid. I know. Maybe by the time we get to National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets, <laughs> coronavirus will be over. It won't that be. wasn't filmed in Philadelphia. I know, but I was just hoping. Just you wait until you see that piece of shit movie. <laughs> Man, I've, not, I've never seen it, so I'm excited. Helen Mirren is in it. Oh, fantastic. I love Helen Mirren. She plays his mom. Of course she does. John Voight plays his dad, right? Yeah. Jeez. They're ah. divorced. I figured. <laughs> his dad gets kidnapped in the first one and she doesn't come looking for him. <laughs> okay, and now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Bye. Now, freak